Welcome to this GSA Momentum Discussion Podcast titled Cognitive Aging and Optimizing Cognitive Health. Momentum discussions highlight topics experiencing great momentum in the field of gerontology. We're grateful to Genentech, Lilly, Azai, and Otska for their support of the GSA Care Toolkit for Brain Health and today's podcast episode. My name is Jen Pettis and I'm the Director of Strategic Alliances at the Gerontological Society of America, or GSA, and I'm pleased to serve as the host for today's Momentum Discussion. I'm delighted to be joined by two guests for this podcast episode, Drs. Angelica Schlanger and Allison Brashear. Dr. Schlanger serves as the Executive Director of the McKnight Brain Research Foundation, whose specific goal is to better understand and alleviate age-related cognitive decline and memory loss. Dr. Brashear is an NIH-funded neurologist. She serves on the Board of Trustees for the Foundation and is the University at Buffalo's Vice President for Health Sciences and Dean of the Jacobs School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences. Dr. Schlanger and Dr. Brashear, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to share some of the insights into cognitive aging and optimizing cognitive health. Well, thank you, Jen. I'm really excited to be here and participate in this conversation with you and Dr. Brashear. Thank you, Jen. Uh, This is exciting. We're looking forward to a great discussion. Great. Well, we're starting to hear about how important it is to take steps to promote brain health. Yet in the title of the podcast episode, we refer to cognitive health. Dr. Bashir, from your perspective, what do you see as the key differences between brain health and cognitive health? Does one term seem to resonate better with patients and, and others? Well, we think cognitive health is one aspect of overall brain health. It's really your ability to think clearly, learn, remember. It's an important component of everyday activities. Brain health is how well your brain functions across several areas. How well you think, which is cognition. Your How do you think clearly, learn, and remember Your motor function, how do you move and control your body, including balance, which is so important in aging. Your emotional function, how you interpret and respond to emotions. And of course, that probably means wellness, right? And then tactile functions, how well you feel and respond to physical senses, like pleasure, pain, temperature. We tend to find that brain health resonates better with patients, as it's a broader term. And most people are interested in keeping their brain healthy as a way to stay sharp as they age. Great. Well, Dr. Schlanger, uh, let's turn to you now and ask if you could share a bit about cognitive aging, including whether cognitive aging is something we can prevent. Sure. So cognitive aging is actually a natural process, and it starts at birth and continues throughout the lifespan. It's a normal part of getting older, and it does include subtle changes that happen to your brain as you age. So as we all know, some things improve with age, like wisdom and expertise, but there are other abilities like processing speed, decision-making, and some types of memory that may decline with age. And while you can't prevent your brain from getting older, right, there are steps that you can take to maintain your brain and cognitive health later in life. And the good news is that these are the same strategies that contribute to an overall healthy lifestyle, like getting enough sleep, right, exercising regularly, eating a healthy diet, staying engaged socially and intellectually, and also managing your risk factors for cardiovascular disease. 
Dr. Bashir, how do changes associated with normal cognitive aging differ from changes in cognitive function due to mild cognitive impairment or dementia? That's an excellent question. Many adults worry about changes in their memory and their thinking abilities. Usually these changes are associated with mild forgetfulness or normal changes in the brain that occur with aging. Symptoms vary from person to person, and what is normal for one person may not be normal for another. Signs of normal aging include things like making a bad decision every once in a while, occasionally missing a monthly payment, losing track of time, not being able to find the right word, and of course, losing your keys around the house. But signs of a memory problem like mild cognitive impairment or dementia can make it harder to complete everyday tasks. And those may be things like asking questions over and over again, getting lost in familiar places. We see that a lot with driving, not being able to follow directions or instructions, or being confused about time, people, and places. So in follow-up to that, Dr. Bashir, what steps can someone take to optimize their cognitive health and overall brain health, regardless of their age? Now, Dr. Schlanger referred to a few, um, but what are some other steps you might recommend? Well, as Dr. Schlanger said earlier, the steps to optimize your cognitive and brain health are really the same things that help keep you overall healthy, like diet, exercise, and sleep. But we also recommend a couple of other important things getting routine medical care and making sure that your body is functioning at its best, managing your blood pressure, weight, cholesterol to reduce and manage your risk for cardiovascular diseases, talking with your family members and a medical professional about any changes you notice with your memory, staying socially and intellectually engaged, you know, those crossword puzzles and maybe those, those things you play on your phone. Trying new things and challenging your brain to make new brain connection. And then really important is managing stress and seeking medical attention for any symptoms of depression, anxiety, or other mental health concerns. Lots we can do. It's keeping our heart healthy. A lot of it's keeping our brain healthy too, right? That's great. Exactly right. I'd like to hear from both of you about research happening. Dr. Schlanger, if you can tell us some of the current research underway around age-related cognitive decline, especially across the McKnight Brain Institutes that are funded by the foundation. And then Dr. Bashir, we'd also love to hear from you about the research happening at the University of Buffalo. So I'll invite you both to, to share what's happening out there. Great. So first, there truly is a lot of exciting research happening in the field of cognitive aging. So I thought it might be helpful first to share a little bit about the foundation and how it's championed the field of cognitive aging, and then give some examples of current research that's underway. So since 1999, the McKnight Brain Research Foundation has actually funded more than $180 million in research, specifically targeting cognitive aging, age-related cognitive decline, and memory loss. And these investments have been made through direct contributions and strategic initiatives in partnership with our four McKnight Brain Institutes, as well as the National Institute on Aging, the Foundation for the National Institutes of Health, and other important partners. And through these investments and initiatives, we've elevated the topic of cognitive aging as part of our national dialogue and helped to differentiate the field of cognitive aging from neurodegenerative diseases. And so as you can see, our history is really rich and includes national summits and a report published 
by the National Academies of Medicine. So I very much encourage anyone looking to learn more to visit our website on midnightbrain.org. Now, I'd love to share about some of those innovative research projects from the institutes that I think your listeners may enjoy learning about. So as I mentioned, we have four McKnight Brand Institutes. One is at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, also at the University of Arizona, the University of Florida, and the University of Miami. And collectively, they include several hundred researchers who collaborate to translate basic science into clinical applications that can help delay and ameliorate cognitive decline across the population. One example of an exciting research project happening at the institute level is called the Precision Aging Network. This is a $60 million NIH-funded initiative led by our McKnight Brain Institute at the University of Arizona in partnership with our institute at Miami, at the University of Miami, and other collaborators. The foundation actually provided seed funding for the project, and it takes a precision medicine approach to personalize solutions and plans that can help individuals optimize their brain health. And what's really great is we're looking to attract 1 million participants across diverse populations. And what I think makes this effort really different is that anyone interested in participating can start by taking an online memory test at mindcrowd.org. That's one word, mindcrowd.org. You get your test results instantly. And then you can also learn about how to participate in the research project from the website as well. So another um, exciting example of research on the way is the Brain Health Advocacy Mission, which is led by our McKnight Brain Institute at the University of Alabama. So this is actually a pilot program where patients coming into two local clinics for their annual wellness visit are connected with a nurse investigator who helps them identify lifestyle modifications that they can make to benefit their brain and overall health. And then the nurse follows up with the patient and she provides or he provides support and measures their individual positive improvements over time. So what's unique here is that it integrates brain health education and coaching into the primary care setting. And finally, at the University of Florida, one of many innovative studies underway is called Augmenting Clinical Training in Older Adults. Now, this is a study that follows 360 adults, and it pairs transcranial direct current stimulation with cognitive training exercises to help the participants improve their working memory and processing speed. And while I know that's a mouthful, we're really excited to see the outcomes of this cutting edge of research. And to wrap up, the University of Florida also has researchers exploring diet-based interventions like following a ketogenic diet, which everybody knows about these days, right? To see if it can improve cognitive outcomes in older adults. So I'll pause there. I know I've offered some snapshots of the research happening across our four institutes. And I'll turn it over to you, Dr. Brashear, to share about some of the initiatives happening at the University of Buffalo. Great, thank you so much. So separate from the research from the foundation, we also are exploring at the University of Buffalo ways to prevent, delay, or slow cognitive-related decline and including Alzheimer's disease. It's a high priority for us here at the University of Buffalo. Um, we have an aging population and we're really putting a big focus on studying the aging brain. 
So we're exploring the link between infectious disease and Alzheimer's disease. We're looking at new drugs to slow disease progression and onset. We're also looking at combined movement and art therapy to preserve physical and cognitive function. And then, you know, really we're committed to expanding the depth and breadth of our aging program across all of the schools at the University of Buffalo. And we really want to make sure that we are improving the health of our patients in Western New York. It's an exciting time for research in cognitive decline. These and other efforts are really helping us understand the aging brain and the steps that we can take to support our cognitive health for as long as possible. Terrific. So much great research and the diversity is just incredible of all the work that you're conducting among the centers and there at the University of Buffalo. I'd like to spend our last few minutes together talking about two key areas that you mentioned, and that's diet and physical activity. While recognizing that individuals should consult with their healthcare provider to determine specific exercise and diet plans that best meet their needs, I wonder if you could share some general recommendations around diet and physical activities that individuals may consider to optimize their brain health. Dr. Schlanger, please share some recommendations from the foundation around physical activity. Absolutely. So physical activity, as we all know, is an important part of an overall body wellness plan. And it's also associated with a lower risk of cognitive decline. So as you mentioned, we also strongly encourage individuals to talk with their healthcare professional before starting any new exercise routine. But in general, it's thought that cardiovascular exercise, which elevates the heart rate, helps to increase blood flow to the brain and body and has been found to be more beneficial to cognitive health than non-aerobic stretching and toning exercises. So if you're wondering, well, how much should I be doing? How much is enough? Aiming to move for about 30 minutes, about five days a week is shown to be most beneficial, but short bursts of exercise, even 10, 15 minutes a day can have a positive impact. So every little bit counts. Also, current research does suggest that several types of movement, like walking, dancing, tai chi, yoga, and high-intensity interval training, all have unique benefits for the brain. So you can really find the exercise that gets you motivated and excited. And our website actually has more information on the specific benefits of different types of exercises for cognitive aging. So we encourage you to visit mcknightbrain.org to learn more. Right. And Dr. Bashir, would you share some of the recommendations around diet based on your work at the University of Buffalo and the McKnight Brain Research Foundation? That's a great question. Well, research on the relationship between diet and cognitive function isn't definitive. There are several suggested that two diets can reduce heart disease and may be able to re reduce the risk of cognitive decline. The first is the DASH diet, which stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension, and then the Mediterranean diet. So let's take the DASH diet. It aims to reduce blood pressure and recommends following a diet that is low in saturated fat, total fat, cholesterol, and high in fruit, vegetables, and low dairy, low fat dairy consuming whole grain, poultry, fish, and nuts, and decreasing the intake of fat, red meat, sweets, sugared beverages, and of course, sodium. 
The Mediterranean diet recommends focusing on fruit, vegetables, nuts, and grains, replacing butter with healthy fat like olive oil, limiting red meat, and using herbs for flavor in place of salt, and eating fish and poultry at least twice a week. Great. Well, this has been a great discussion. I appreciate you both so generously sharing your time and your insights. A few key points I heard, and I'm just going to summarize a couple because there's so much information. The one I want to mention is cognitive health is one aspect of brain health, but brain health is so much more than just cognition. And we can't stop our brains from aging, but we can do a lot to help them age well. One of the studies that you mentioned, Dr. Schlanger, that really kind of caught my ear was the University of Alabama, where they're looking at making lifestyle changes and the nurses are following up and really looking at how are how are his cognition changing? How is his, his brain function changing? And I think that's wonderful to stress the point that even if someone has some cognitive changes, these healthy things that they can do for their brain can perhaps slow those changes or can impact those changes. And that's a really important point. You also mentioned short bursts of exercise, and I think that's so important. The 10 or 15 minute walk of the dog a few times a day, it definitely makes a difference. So especially for older adults, we want to stress that those short breaks of exercise are really important. So with that, I'd love to hear from you with some key points you'd like to leave our listeners with. Dr. Schlanger, we'll start with you. Thank you, Jen. That was a really wonderful summary. And I do know we covered a lot of ground today and really just wanted to leave your listeners feeling empowered. Empowered that there are steps they can take to protect and preserve their cognitive health. We've covered a lot of them today and there's more where that came from. So we'd love to encourage listeners to visit our website at mcnightbrain.org to learn more. And we know that the GSA has some great resources as well. Great, and Dr. Bashir, how about you? Any closing thoughts? So I echo Dr. Schneider's comments as a neurologist researcher. I'm really committed to helping people understand cognitive aging and the importance of really proactively maintaining their brain health. It's really key to helping our communities age successfully. Great. Well, Dr. Schlanger and Brashear, thank you so much for joining me and for such a great discussion. Before we conclude, I want to mention that we have integrated some of the foundation's resources into our care toolkit for brain health. Our listeners can also learn more at the website, mcnatebrain.org. Thank you for those listening to the episode of the GSA Momentum Discussion Podcast. And again, Dr. Schlanger and Brashear, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. To learn more about the Gerontological Society of America, visit geron.org. The Gerontological Society of America was founded in 1945 to promote the scientific study of aging, cultivate excellence in interdisciplinary aging research, and education to advance innovations in practice and policy. For more information about GSA, visit geron.org.